0: I'm Judy Peters, and joining me today is Richard Carr from Rich Lane Farms. Thanks for taking the time to visit today, Richard. How are things looking at your farm at this point in the summer?
1: Uh, right now, we, I would say we are okay. We are, uh, we're not in the best of shape going into fall. We're not in the worst of shape going into fall. So, um, yeah, where we farm just uh, near Marchand where we've had an okay amount of rain. Um, you know, pastures are still green crops are growing, but uh, they're nowhere near where they should be this time of year. I know our corn is struggling quite a bit, but um, yeah, overall we are dry.
0: And are, what else are you growing aside from corn?
1: Uh, so we just grow some forages for the, for the cattle. So we have some uh, forage oats and uh, some grass and some millet that we take off for silage and then the corn.
0: And how much land do you have crops on?
1: Uh, we crop uh, about 350 acres.
0: Oh, wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: And do you find that you'll have enough for your cattle for the winter?
1: Uh, no, we won't. No, we've already started sourcing some feed, so we've bought in some hay already. And, um, yeah, we're going to be looking to hopefully take on some crops here, some uh, some grain corn in our area. is isn't looking like it's going to make it for corn. Uh, to be combined, so we're hoping to make some deals to uh, make some extra silage there. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we always buy in all of our straw, so we're trying to source a little bit of extra straw this year, and we we'll use that as a feed supplement for our beef cattle.
0: And how many animals do you have?
1: Uh, we milk 60 dairy cows, and then we also have 60 beef cows as well. Okay. And then there's all the calves and young stock to go along with that.
0: And how was calving this year?
1: This year calving was really good. Yeah, it was a nice dry spring, so, uh, so calving was very good. It's, uh, it's been a bit of a hot summer for the cows. It, we've had a, a lot of days over plus 30, so the, um, the heat, the cows look okay for it, but you can tell some days they kind of, the beef cattle get bunched up in the corners of the pasture and, and, uh, and the flies are on them, so you can tell they're a little bit hot and bothered some days, but for the most part, I think they're doing all right.
0: Have you had to do anything differently this year to keep your animals more comfortable?
1: more than normal i mean we always every summer we always do our, our bits i mean in the dairy barn there's the fans are going 24 uh, 7 to keep the cows cool and if flies do get bad we do spray flies every year uh so we ourselves have had to do nothing more than normal the only thing we've done differently with the beef cattle is um we do a lot of rotational grazing and we've had to just change our plan a little bit because our dugout went dry so instead of the cows drinking from a dugout they have to be routed back to the yard to drink from a uh, water trough that's supplied from the well.
0: Has that happened before where your dugout has gone dry?
1: Uh, this is the first year it went dry, and actually it went dry in uh, in May already. So it, uh, it started the year off pretty dry here.
0: No way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. And how long have you been farming there?
1: Uh, we've been on this farm. Uh, September 1st will be 11 years. Okay. We've had beef cattle for all 11 years, and we've just been into the dairy now for three.
0: Okay. And are you happy you made that transition to adding dairy to your farm?
1: Uh, Yes, I am. I grew up dairy farming, so dairy farming has always been a big part for me. And, um, yeah, it was a nice way to, to, like, now I'm home full-time. When we had the beef cattle, I worked full-time on top of the farm. And uh, now this is a good way to keep me and and my family home full-time.
0: Oh, that must be nice. Yeah, it is. And your kids are they getting interested in farming as well? Or are they starting to learn how how mom and dad are doing things? Oh,
1: absolutely! Yeah, no, the kids are all very much involved. They all have their their daily chores to do. And uh, my oldest son now is thirteen, so he does uh, you know he helps me in the field, drives tractor in the field, and and chores around the yard. So he's a big help there. He likes the equipment part. And uh, you know we have some help uh, on the farm, some lab- some employees. But on evenings where we're doing chores, then all the children come out and help feed calves. And, yeah, wherever they can lend a hand, they lend a hand or just kind of tag along. But they're, they are all involved in the farm in some some capacity.
0: That's got to make you feel pretty good to see that.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's uh, there's no other way I want to raise my family. And uh, it's uh, it's a good way to raise children. We have a motto here. If you ever ask my children what comes first, they'll all reply the work comes first. And not to say that we want to work 24-7, we like to go and have fun too. But uh, if we want to go have fun, if we want to go to the beach for the day or go to the lake for the weekend, the work has to get done first before we can leave.
0: Oh, that sounds great.
1: So when uh, when everyone pitches in, more hands make for light work. I think that's how that saying goes.
0: That's exactly it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And what are you hearing from, from other farmers in the area? Are they faring much the same.
1: Um, I think right around our area, I mean things are there's, there's some guys that they'll, they'll, I think everyone's going to have to look for extra feed. So um, right around our, you know, the Broken Marsh area, I think we're going to be okay. And most guys seem to be not too panicky. But uh, the farming community is very small, so even though you may farm there outside the province, we're all very connected. We have friends all over the province, and uh, we actually visited some friends in the Gladstone area last week. And uh, it's a very bleak, desperate situation out there, and even friends that farm north of the Interlake, lake it's uh, it's very, very, very bad up there. so that's why I say we are, we're here, we're not where we want to be, but we're we're very blessed to have what we have because there's a lot of places in the province that have it far worse than we do.
0: Yeah, I've seen some photos that mm-hmm. uh, farmers have been posting, and it is just heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, it is. I have a good friend of mine who lives uh, just north of Asheron. And he sat at the and Auction Mart yesterday and watched, oh, I can't remember, 850, 900 cows sell there yesterday. And uh, some people just had nothing nothing to feed their cows, no resources left. So it's just kind of just sell the cows because, I mean, what else are you going to do?
0: Oh, um, man. And
1: that's heartbreaking, especially for people who have been farming, you know, their entire life have, have put so much hard work and pride into their herds, you know, um, that's, that's really tough to see them go, but it's, what else can you do?
0: Oh, no kidding. Oh, my heart goes out to them.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Well, my hope is that maybe we'll get enough rain, that maybe some of the crops can bounce back. I don't know how much hope there is, though. I don't know how, how late is it. Is it too late?
1: Um, for some crops, it's too late. For all the cereal crops, the wheat, barley, oats, canola, uh, rain now probably won't do a whole lot. Um you know, but it's like, you know, hayland, alfalfa, a rain now will help that. Um, corn, right now our corn just finished tasseling, so it's, it's now set as cob. Now it just needs some moisture to help fill that cob. So for, the, for corn, rain now would definitely help. But um, even if the crops can't use it, just let it rain and, uh, and you know, replant the ground, you know, fill up the dugouts and, and hopefully store back up for next year because as a farmer, well, if this year isn't going to work, next year sure will, hopefully.
0: Well, and hopefully we get enough moisture this fall, the right amount, so that spring can start off on a good note.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll it'll really impact it going into fall, how dry it is. Um, I mean, you know, 2018 is still in my, is burnt in my memory forever. That was the wettest fall I've ever seen. So things can turn around very quickly. But uh, definitely some fall moisture will help, and hopefully we have a really Everyone should go buy snowmobiles, and hopefully we get lots of snow.
0: <laughs> that sounds get, good. If we get
1: lots of snow, that would be huge for us to have a, have a winter with lots of snow, because that would definitely help get the uh, the moisture levels back up for spring.
0: Oh, no kidding. One last question I have for you. Uh, grasshoppers is a topic that a lot of people have been mulling around and discussing. Mm. What are you noticing in your area regarding grasshoppers?
1: Uh, we had quite a few grasshoppers last year, so this is our second year doing grasshoppers. Um, and we did some spraying for grasshoppers last year, and this year they came back tenfold. They were uh, they were awful in our area, actually. So uh, we sprayed quite a few of our acres for grasshoppers, and some acres got sprayed twice. And um, I know that most of the pasture lands and hayland around our area, the neighbors have all sprayed. There was a week where it was like a bit of a war zone. The crop dusters were going 24-7 for a week just trying to get ahead of the grasshoppers. So they were they were quite bad here, but I know that like I said, I visited Gladstone last week, and uh, and the grasshoppers there are are ten times worse than they are here.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. So and now it's a point where if you like when people start spraying, if we spray all of our land but the neighbor doesn't, um, you know we'll we'll help impact a little bit, but the grasshoppers will move over to the neighbor's piece that hasn't been sprayed, and then when the pesticide is worn off, they'll just come right back to our place. So a lot of neighbours have to kind of join force and say, well, if I'm going to spray, I need you to spray, and I need you to spray, and we all kind of have to spray to kind of combat it together. And it was this year about hopefully knocking the population down so that they don't lay so many eggs to make it bad next year.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So many challenges.
1: Yeah, so many challenges. I mean, and such as farming. Farming is just an ever-evolving challenge, and, and Mother Nature is the, the biggest factor in all for us, and that's the one factor we have zero control over. So it's, uh, but yeah, it's not for the faint of heart.
0: I was just going to say those exact words. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and also for, for doing what you do, because ultimately, farmers, they're the ones who are feeding us. So thank you so much for putting your heart and soul into what you do.
1: Oh, you're very welcome.